If you seek to sway minds, you will learn to sway minds. If you don't, you will learn to impose. So while your opponent is shifting things in their favor, your sides become exponentially more despised. Welcome to episode 5 of the Younger, Smarter, Better podcast, teaching teens and young adults important life skills and habits so they are better educated to deal with life. And I never have to say the phrase, I wish I knew that when I was your age. I'm your host, Christian Alita, and today we're going to be discussing how to win people over to your way of thinking in conflicts and talk about our experiences of conflicts and how we can reflect on those to become better persuaders. Today I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts. I have Will, Vikas, and Justin. Yet again, welcome back, Will. Um, Thank you. You were reincarnated, so that must have been fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, It was fun. It was like I was time traveling. Oh, sweet. Did you go through the the time vortex? Yeah. It was colorful and shiny. Oh. Very nice. All right, well, to get on topic here... We're talking about persuasion techniques and conflicts today, and especially how to persuade people in conflicts and how to use that to your advantage. How to so, people to your way of thinking. Exactly. So what do you guys think are some great persuasion techniques, just generic persuasion techniques? I know I have a couple ones right off the bat. Like when you're persuading somebody, you have to be organized. It's basically kind of like a political debate. Mm-hmm. It's your uh, mental force against somebody and somebody else's mental force Mm -hmm. so you have to be organized with your argument you have to make a very clear point on what you're trying to make you have to state your position that way not just the person you're arguing with knows what you're saying but everybody else knows what you're saying if it gets reciprocated Mm -hmm. you also when you argue with somebody you need to do your research on your topic you know what you're saying you have to back your topic up with evidence because if your thing is flimsy like if i say that wall or like the sky is the color purple like Mm -hmm. how do you back it up you have to have significant evidence to back it up so when you're arguing with somebody you need to have your own position stated and have a significant amount of evidence to back it up i think that's probably really key i think also along with that if you um remember you guys remember from english class the logos ethos and pathos how to persuade people using those conversation techniques so uh logos is yeah, exactly. Logos is using logic, like you were saying. Do you have facts and things to back that up? Pathos mm-hmm. is using emotion to kind of like persuade people to come over to your side, like getting them to get emotionally involved in what you're saying. And then ethos is showing that you have authority and that your way is kind of like you have some authority over the topic you're talking about, and it gives you more of an edge in these persuasion techniques. So that's really good for an overall on persuasion techniques. Now, just a just a general question here, Christian. Mm-hmm. Just just a question to you. All right. Which one do you think is more effective? Like, if you're have trying to persuade somebody from your point of view, which one do you think would be more effective? Emotions, facts, or like reasoning? Because I think I'd probably go with facts, but I'm interested in what you have to say on it. I it really I feel like most of those the um, the question you definitely stated, uh, which one is more important? It really depends on the situation you're dealing with. Because if you're dealing with a situation of you're talking to, say, your friend and you want them to get something to do something, um, you might want to use pathos, like use the emotional side. Or if, especially, you know, an even better example, parents. 
if you're talking to a parent, you want to persuade them like, hey, can I go drive to get something or do X and Y, Z? Can I borrow the car or something? Using emotion, especially with parents and like friends, people that you're close with works a lot better because you're, you know, you have that relationship with them. But then you're talking to an authority member you want to use or somebody else that's outside of your friend group. I would definitely use low, um, Logos, which is the logic and logistics, because the statistics itself will back you up, and it won't be like, so statistics will back you up in Logos, Pathos, your emotional not. relationship will back you up, and then with Ethos, whenever you're talking to someone, um, and you want to like, like if you're giving a public speech or something, you're trying to persuade people, showing that you have background in that information, definitely, so there's different, to answer your question, which one is better, I personally think that it depends on the situation that you're in. Hmm. That's that's. I feel like everything you said is good. I definitely believe that totally depends on the situation, because mm-hmm. you have to. Also, you need to know the audience as well. Mm, so it's kind of like reading your the person who you're talking to. You you don't have, only have to know what you're saying, but you also have to think ahead. Think what they're gonna say. Think how they're gonna respond. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Justin, yeah. you want to say something? Yeah, it really depends on what the situation, what you want to use, like. Ethos on its own, or like ethos on its own, is really weak. You're not going to convince anyone just by ethos alone. Mm-hmm. But if you ethos, but you use like ethos along, like say like I'm, like um, you bring up all the statistics, and then you say I'm a doctor, yeah. so I would I would know all. This, so I would know kind of I have more knowledge on this, and that's why I know all this. Mm-hmm. But then like things like pathos, which is generally really strong at convincing people persuading people it's better in a debate because it doesn't it, it's irrelevant to the actual point because you'd be like I, I don't care about you how you feel about that it this is this is right and this is wrong so definitely a combination of those so it's like each one has its feel that it's best with dealing with like if you're talking to a certain person the audience knowing your audience and then combining those you get even exponentially better results so if you're giving like say a public speech you throw ethos, say, this is why I know this stuff. Say it's like a speech about health, or giving like why you should do some sort of thing to better your health. Say, one, ethos, I'm a doctor. Two, pathos, you've, you've probably like, you felt tired or groggy or this and that. Don't you want to feel great using those rhetorical questions and stuff? And then also giving lo- logos, like, here's the statistics and stuff that we've seen with our other patients. And like using this medicine or using drinking water more, has these effects and it's statistical like it's been proven with science magic <laughs> science and magic all right so how do you guys think that we can use persuasion techniques in a terms of a conflict because conflict has a little bit more of like emotionally backed each person's kind of like pitted against each other how do you think that using persuasion techniques in conflict can help you get the other person to your other your way of thinking uh, that's what you said about um pathos uh you generally if you want to convince someone the strongest way to convince someone is by getting emotionally attached to it that's why like advertisements with like spca ads they're like they show you pictures of cute puppies and they play static music so you want to go and get them to convince you that they want you want to go and buy a puppy you want or adopt a puppy uh so but if you're going against what we said uh in conflicts you want to go up against against someone you have to Use like my, uh, using conflicts you have to be much, use much more harder evidence about against it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
not even like ethos is really and this is where ethos is really weak in like a debate setting no one cares that you're a doctor they don't care that you're a doctor because you could be a stupid doctor yeah <laughs> hopefully we have no stupid doctors because they play an important role but i do definitely see what you're saying like one thing alone doesn't have very much effect like saying oh my doctor i know all about this topic sort of thing yes you've got the ethos and stuff but it's like that alone doesn't help you need like other things to help out with that so yeah. but when, when you're in a conflict like you're saying getting emotionally attached to the conflict it helps in a sense like if you have so let's take a conflict for example is peanut butter jelly better when putting peanut butter on one slice of bread and then jelly on the other slice of bread or putting peanut butter and jelly on the same slice of bread I say putting it peanut butter and jelly, uh, peanut butter on one side and jelly on the other. Yep, I'm I'm agreed. Anybody else have any? Is anybody against that? I don't like peanut butter and jelly. We have a bigger conflict right now. We have, okay. This is the hugest conflict of the century. Okay, cats so and dogs can wait. This just, is peanut let's butter and jelly. Let's just suppose that I like peanut butter and jelly on one side of the bread. All so right. How would you attack it? How would you impose how, or persuade me? Well. When it comes down to this, this conflict, uh, this example, it's a little bit difficult because it's it's kind of personal opinion. But if you're saying like, oh, this is better or why you should do this. So I want to first off, why do you like peanut butter and jelly on one side of the bread and then using the other piece of bread? Be oh, okay. So uh, let's go, let's go hypothetically. I feel like bread, peanut butter, and jelly on one side makes that it's more combined and mm -hmm. crushed. So you get all the flavors more closely compacted. Mm -hmm. And you have a significant top and bottom of the sandwich. <laughs> I can see that. But when you have, for my side, why I think the peanut butter and jelly is better on one, like jelly is better on one and peanut butter is better on one, and then you combine it, is because you can more evenly put the amount of jelly on one side and the peanut butter on the other side. And then when you have the knife that you're using, the peanut butter knife and the peanut butter jar doesn't get infected with the jelly that you're using because when you put them on both on the same side, you've got, like, all of that stuff gets into the jar whenever you're scraping off the lid, right? Mm -hmm. So now you've got peanut butter in the jelly jar and jelly in the peanut butter jar, and that's just not, that's just not good. Wow. That's a common <laughs> problem I have. I think I'm making my sandwich the wrong way. <laughs> I think, guys, I know your problem. Make right. a normal sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you are you defending or are you attacking the idea of peanut butter and jelly as a good sandwich? Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, what is your argument for this uh, side of the conflict? You, sandwiches never. You, it's so much easier to put just a bread, put some meat, and then put some cheese, put it together, and you got a sandwich. Mm, I see. Just, you don't got this, just all the, like jar stuff. You just you're just putting like to, you're just putting toppings on it. You make a sandwich of toppings. Quick question, quick question. Mm -hmm. Is three slices of bread stacked on top of each other a bread sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> that is the real question here. All right. Well, to avoid getting off uh, off topic a little bit, let's go on to conflicts versus arguments. So conflict is kind of when two people have like opposing opposing sides, right? And conflict can be seen in many ways, like a fight, fist fight, physical conflict. Then you've got a word-to-word -word fight, which is an argument. And that is what mostly what we're dealing with is how do you um, persuade people in a um, an auditory conflict, um, a argument, rather than, you know, a fist fight. I don't know how well you can persuade people in a fist fight. 
So let's talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that that's how. I think this question is a bit more deeper. So a conflict mm-hmm. is is a battle. So when you take a two, when you take a conflict, when you turn a conflict into an argument, you turn it into a you know a, a not you turn it into a natural you turn it into a solution between you turn it into a solution finding between two people rather than my I will solve this conflict by beating the crap out of you. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, that that yeah, that's. That's kind of funny, but it, it's very it, true. Yeah, it's, I see. Conflict. We think of, what do you think of when you immediately think of conflict? You think of like... A battle or a war or something? A war, yes, exactly. So when you take it to an argument, you turn it from war to diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And when right. you from diplomacy, you find um, trying a solution between the two parties rather than, you know, uh, I win by beating you. So I think so an there's... argument is very important to finding an actual a solution rather than just a, a victor. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, there's, as you were saying, like finding a solution, I think there's multiple different types of solutions once you get into arguments, right? You've got compromises, which are like, they're a little bit annoying compromises because they're like each person is losing something to find like a common ground in a sense to agree upon. But when you have something where you can both people not only agree, but it's like it helps out. So like a win-win solution is each person gets a win. A Compromise is kind of a lose-lose, but everybody wins in a sense. Like, you lose part of your side, something that you, like, wanted, but they get something that they wanted. They still lose something, but it's like, you see what I'm saying, right? There's the win-win conflict, the lose-lose, and then you have a one winner and one loser. And the problem with that is that that one loser, it, it you kind of lose some, like, either respect or you, like, you lose something for the other person in that argument. Like, they're... Um, the way you think about them almost it's kind of like they they feel a little bit inferior than the person who won the conflict will out of the three that i just talked about the win-win solution the win-lose solution and the compromise solution which of those three do you think is the best the win-lose solution all right can you defend that that uh your your point yeah well if you're like in a situation where like you don't know too much about the topic and you don't want to destroy your opponent, then the win-lose solution is an awesome solution. Because you don't want later to, um, for your opponent to prove you wrong about something you prove them right. So you think that you should have you should win a argument and the other person should lose the argument because the, then you don't want to lose later on? Is that what you're saying? Yes. yes. Make it like equal trade. Wow. Like boom, boom. So, all right, Justin, you want to say something? Yeah. Okay. So we heard the so Christian was saying said earlier that compromise is kind of a lose lose because you've got to give up something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Will said, well, you maybe don't kind of don't want to give up something because mm-hmm. it's it's important. That's why I guess we have things like the UN and diplomats all around the globe. Yet we also have a standing army. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like... sometimes you can't give up. Sometimes. You can't give up anything. Mm-hmm. But it's better. Something you need to like that you think is important that you can't like lose in a sense. Um, so I think me personally, I believe that if so, I don't think that all the time that a win-win is possible. In a sense, I know that like if you if you spend a lot of time looking for it to find a way that the other person, it's really to get a win-win solution, 
you need to like understand what the other person wants out of everything and then you have to understand what you want so really going back to yet again episode number three seek first to understand then to be understood great episode definitely check it out we go in and talk about that listening to the other person and getting down to the root of understanding their perspective is huge when it comes down to you know arguments and conflicts which is what we're talking about today and how to persuade other people so you can't really persuade and like you were saying earlier because you can't really persuade other people unless you don't you can't persuade people if you don't understand their point and why and how they would be persuaded to do something in especially yes. in a conflict. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hundred percent agree. Seek first, understand, then be understood. Exactly. So now I want to go into some things that really help when it comes into the overall Wait, conflicts and mm-hmm. what would be a win win? What would be a win win like Like they both get what they wanted. Okay, so think of it this way, right? A win win solution would be in number terms, right? You get one one person's wants plus another person's wants, you get three. So because you get each person's wants are not only met, but they add more to the other person's ideas and perspectives, right? Then you get a compromise is you get one plus one equals like one in a sense because you only get half of one person's point of view and half of the other person's point of view, and that equals one. Then you get a um, a win, like a standard, you know, each person like adds their point of view and you get two. So a win-win would be a one plus one and that creates a three because there's so much like you're adding on top of you. Not only are your ideas getting your wants getting met, the other person's wants are getting met or getting met that there's adding more onto that overall agreement and that overall solution that you come up with. Then a compromise is you have to take away from both of those and to get half of what it could be. So that's kind of a win-win solution in number terms in uh, a terms of a like you know an argument or a conversation or something conflict so say like you're trying to get hired with a company or something you have you make a product and you're making it for this company right your wants are that you get paid and that you can you know fulfill the contract and everything and the other person's wants are that you get the product and that you get it on time and everything and that they are able to get the great quality of stuff right Once you get all those needs on the table, everybody knows what each other person wants, then you can add on to that, like, oh, I think that we could help you out by doing X, Y, and Z, or oh, we can help, or you can help us out by doing X, Y, and Z. Asking other people what they want from you, in a sense, can really help with that. Yeah. Okay, thanks, yeah. I was thinking more of a, like a trade, like I give you my product, you give me your money, we both win. Mm Mm-hmm. I, can see I, like that. Your, I like I like yours. I like your explanation. Very well done. Thank you. Nice job, so now let's go on to some tips and techniques and stuff for overall like conflicts and uh, persuasion techniques, right? So if in overall when you're in a conflict, right? When you're in a conflict with someone you know and like a, a dear friend, right? The conflict you're not trying to like destroy the relationship with that person over this conflict, right? You still want that to survive past that. So if you do something like, say you admit that you're wrong and you do it quickly, that builds rapport with the other person. Like you build more trust and you're more like friendly with that person because when they're honest, they're like, hey, look, I don't know everything about this thing. You may be right. I, I'm probably wrong when it comes to this. Like I don't know everything about XYZ topic, right? So you admit that quickly, right? And you get a little bit more respect because they're like, this person is up front. They know that they don't know everything. 
and they're willing to learn. That's a huge part when it comes to overall conflicts and stuff is like when you're in a conflict and you notice that you're wrong, admitting it quickly, honestly, and doing it in a respectful manner, like not whining like, oh, I'm so wrong, la, 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 and complaining and all this other stuff, stuff, you get like respect. People like look at you a little bit differently. Like that guy, not only does he know that he's wrong sometimes, he admits it and he's willing, like he has enough self, like, um, self-esteem to admit that he's wrong he's not shallow and all this other sort of stuff so that's one thing what do you guys think is another thing that would really help out when it comes into conflicts to you know better that i have something that goes if you're wrong then admit it Mm -hmm. Uh, by admitting that you have made a mistake and telling the other person all the derogatory things about yourself that you already know then you would develop the other person's forgiving attitude. Mm-hmm. Like you, the other person will forgive you if you were to like know that you're wrong instead of trying to prove them wrong. And then at the end, you're still proven wrong. Mm-hmm. I can see what you're saying. They're more forgiveful when you, when you admit you're wrong, people are more forgiving. Yeah. Like in the beginning of the argument. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we could also go in and talk about is that when you, when you know that you're right, like when you've looked at the statistics and you look at the sky and the sky is most definitely blue and somebody else says it's purple. Lies. Lies, exactly. Um, <laughs> you don't immediately want to jump down the throat and say, no, you're wrong. I've got stats and all this other stuff to prove it, right? You want to kind of ask them questions like, why, where did you find your sources that say the sky is purple? Like, why do you think the sky is purple or sort of stuff? What color purple when you look at a sheet of paper, what does purple look like to you? Asking questions to like understand the other person's perspective because you never know. They could be colorblind and not be able to tell the difference between yeah, yeah. purple and blue. Totally, totally. So if you're like, oh yeah, why do you think this? And then they're like point at a piece of paper and they can't tell the difference between purple and blue. You're like, okay, see now you're not necessarily wrong because how you perceive blue and how you perceive purple are different than how I do. That you come to a better understanding, you can better un- agree with them or disagree and kind of show them like hey this is we have a difference in here so i have actually a story that goes along with this is i was actually playing i was trying to play a game called palace with my sister and we both have played palace before and she started dealing out the cards and i know she was dealing it wrong or what i think to be wrong because i learned the rule set of the game through my friends when we started to play i noticed she placed down the ace and said that it was the lowest card in the game when when i was playing the game it's known as the highest card in the game we had noticed immediately that we had two different sets of rules playing the same exact game, which threw up a whole, like, you couldn't play the game if you couldn't first decide the rules. So, like, we noticed that the rule sets, we were trying to play the same game with different rules. It's like trying to play checkers and chess and you switching up the movesets. It doesn't work. You have to be able to understand where the other person's uh, mindset and stuff is coming towards that conflict. One of the things that I was going through and um, when looking at this topic, right, one of the things that I realized is that you can't really win an argument. As we said before, you have compromises where each person takes out and a win-lose. So in a win-lose situation, right, one person wins, the other person loses. But when the other person loses, they, you know, and this is a great way that it's summed up in a little uh, proverb sort of thing. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. They still will, like, believe that they are right in a sense if they are, like, you know, told to do something against their will in a sense so that then when it comes down to that arguments it's better to avoid arguments if you can against things like trying to tell someone like no you're wrong sort of thing if you can avoid them it's 
probably more beneficial because nine times out of ten, an argument ends with each person firmly believing they're right. And if you lose, you lose the argument. But if you win the argument, you lose still because you have the other made your opponent feel kind of inferior and it kind of hurt their pride. So it like it kind of just uh, hurts the rapport between you and them. So that's one thing like when it comes to arguments, it's like it's better to avoid them. So what do you guys think? I disagree. So I've had a lot of arguments in my day. And I think in order to have like functioning and functioning even like it's kind of the system where like even our government set up with having functioning democracy is based around discussing ideas and find the best ideas. If you win and the person is not convinced, you haven't won because I mean, what is what is winning? Is winning you mean you destroyed them? You you own them? Because you hear a lot of that nowadays. But I think. And even if so, you're stronger, you have better, you know, more knowledge about this argument. So a future argument with that person. Mm -hmm. You'll both be at a higher level. You'll be debating from a higher level. You'll find a more advanced arguments for your idea. So you'll find the true good idea. Mm -hmm. But if you avoid arguments, you'll never never work things out. So So when it comes to working out arguments, how do you think you can work out arguments to, you know, get to the point where each person doesn't feel like crap at the end? In terms of like finding a solution, how do you think you can find a solution in that conflict? One, seek first, seek first to understand, then you be understood. Mm-hmm. Two, be friendly. Mm-hmm. So, see, we've covered our two episodes. We've, we've gone over two episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. So, and those are those are very important. You need to be able to understand them, because if you're just ignoring, wondering what they're saying, you're not really having an argument. You're just, you know. Saying you're your just trying point. to lab your points out, which may or may not be good. If they're good, I, I, you got lucky. If they're bad, well, no surprise. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> actually listen to them. And if you're unfriendly, no one really cares. They're not going to care what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I, mean, exactly. I mean, yeah, if, have you ever, if you've ever gotten to, like, an argument, if the person is really rude, it's just calling you, like, I'll insert derogatory name here. <laughs> you're not going to pay, you're going to be like, so that's your argument, because that'd be that you're gonna be like, oh, oh, so I'm I'm a this. Is that that's your argument against me? Yeah, like just using insults aren't a good way to come to a solution in a conflict. Uh, if yeah. anything, it only mm-hmm. stirs up the argument more. So I could definitely see that arguments can be used to find solutions. In a sense, as long as like I think you need certain things in an argument that it can't be just like an argument, and it's like um, what it's most commonly referred to as like with people throwing insults at each other. There's no way you can really come from, like, a solution out of that in a sense. But if you were able to use an argument in a constructive sense and trying to, like, work together to find a solution, having, like, a more of a debate and discussion rather than just jumping down each other's throats, then a argument can be more... So I can definitely see how an argument can be more constructive and beneficial that way. Yeah, I think this this Golden Book looks at kind of a, a natural kind of how things work natural kind of you know like tendency to go to a very negative place in argument mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be an argument doesn't have to it can be discussion it doesn't have to be you know like an open presidential political debate where they're just you know kind of insulting each other because one no one's gonna no one's neither of them are gonna change their mind mm-hmm. not gonna sway and that neither are they gonna have to sway much of the audience because they've anyone watching that has their mind made up mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. crucial death crucial um separation between you said debate or and discussion mm-hmm. a discussion you can change usually how a discussion you can change your mind debate you pick a side and you and you argue that out to the end mm-hmm. so just, mm-hmm. I think discussion I think we're really when we say argument we're still we're talking about discussions so we're yeah. very 
know, like discussions. Because I feel like the goal, the goal, the goal is to persuade somebody when yeah. you're in an argument. If you, if you're doing a debate, you you can't really you basically debate your side until you have no evidence at your back, basically, mm. or your opponents ridiculed all your evidence and showed that their sources and their evidence is much stronger than yours. But with a discussion, there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of flexibility. You can kind of like bend what your stance is mm. to make it more reasonable. And I think that's what the argument section definition is sort of trying to do, which means it doesn't have to be all like brick and stone. It can be very malleable, can change. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so our argument in this book is talking looking at debate. Like, like you gotta, you have to, you have to, if you lose, you, you're destroyed. You, you've lost. You've lost all. You, all you have. Mm-hmm. A discussion. You, you, you evolve. The discussions evolve over time. And they grow yes. and like grow each person's understanding, which is a huge part. Grow each person's understanding of the topic that's at hand. Seeing the other parts of it, I can definitely see that. And whenever Justin's referring to a book, he's referring to the book "How to Win Friends and Influence People." which is where we get um, some of this, is definitely a great book. If you're interested in this topic, I would definitely check it out. It is one of the books that we highly suggest over here at YSB. Great read. And before we end this podcast, is there anything else? you guys have any last taglines you want to add on to it? Um, yeah, just a really um, general one, but has a lot of subtitles. All right. It's, uh, you need to know the person you're speaking to. So it's basically like a game of mental chess, if you want to think about it like mm-hmm. that. So there's a whole bunch of moves in chess, and that these are all the moves we've just talked about in this episode. How you have to be organized. You got to read your opponent. You got to evaluate which persuasive skill you're going to use, ethos, pathos, or logos. You got to take into consideration the other person's views. You got to take into consideration everything. You, if you're wrong, admit when you're wrong. Don't tell a person they're wrong. Try to be sympathetic towards them. Try to see things from their point of views. There's a whole bunch of skills that you can use during an argument to help persuade people to your way of thinking. It's your job to master each skill for each different audience and environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And I'd like to thank you guys so much. Is there anything else we have before we want to finish this episode off and tie it with a little bow tie. In an argument, you want to try to get the person, if you know you're right, you want to try to get the person to say yes as many times as you possible. Mm-hmm. And this will get them more prone to agree with you. So kind of like going through... Mental, and, cognitive tip or something. Yeah, yeah. cognitive like, tip. So if you can get them to say yes, yes, and then they're more likely to say yes again. And it's kind of one of the things that you can play on somebody's uh, cognition in a sense. So you can get them saying like, ask, answer some rhetorical questions like, um, I remember there was a story of someone who's filling out bank information and just couldn't see why it's so important. And then there was such a, a conflict arose because this person did want to go through and spend like an hour filling out all this seemingly useless information about like who your next kid is or your mother or this, that, and the other stuff. And then the banker went and he talked, he sat down and he talked to him for a minute and he said, well, as a good bank, it would be important for us to, when you die, notify your next of kin and give them access to your... Uh, funding correct and he's like yes so to do that we would need the information to contact your next of, next of kin and relatives correct and he's like yes so can you see why we need you to fill out your mom's maiden name and all this other sort of stuff he's like okay now i can see it. and there was like things like that where you can get them saying yes and 
get get them to understand your point of view and why you're doing this helps get that towards that um, that position. Ah, trickery. That's that's a whole nother rabbit hole to jump. Oh down. yes. Without manipulation. Manipulation is using, uh, just stand away from manipulation. I'd like to take a minute and thank you for listening to the podcast. It really truly means a lot. We spent a lot of time and energy putting these episodes together, and we'd love to hear that you are still enjoying them. Now, after hearing this episode, I want to ask you, what is one person that you can think of after we're talking about conflicts and persuasion for so long? One person that talks, that comes to your mind right away that you're like, that person needs to hear this. I'd like you to please share that with them, and you can share our email, which is the younger, smarter, better at gmail.com, where you can email us questions and comments for any suggestions you have about the podcast. And we have our social media, which is at YSB Today on Instagram and at YSB Today at Twitter. Now, we also have our website, which you can find in the description center below. And if you would please give us a rating on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening in at. And I'd like to thank you yet again for listening to our podcast. And I'd like to ha- you wish you a nice day and stay hungry for knowledge. Bye. Bye. Bye.